Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Hayden with the Hill Pursuit Podcast. Today is episode 57 of the show. This is our second episode that we're putting on to our YouTube channel. So if you haven't yet, like, subscribe, check out our stuff, and we hope to we hope to post some content at least weekly. So you'll have access to all of our podcast episodes from here on out. Any and everything else that we post, some training videos, some other small things like that. So check it out. Um, but in today's episode, episode 57 of the show, we talk about temperatures heating up and, and some issues with training uh, that come about. Mitch starts to discuss another podcast that he listened to recently where um, a scientist was discussing some thermoregulatory responses to training, um, some things that people can do in, in acute sessions to uh, like almost like cooling, uh, cooling effects to induce some cooling effects in hot, hot environments, and another uh, another small discussion on the immune system as well. So we kind of nerd out a little bit there, but um, then we kind of dive into um, the uh, Ironman World Championships from St. George this past weekend, which was really really awesome. If you didn't have a chance to watch that footage, you really should go back and do so. Super inspirational, very hot also, but. Um, some absolutely great racing and, and um, just super inspirational, incredible athletes to watch. So go check that out. We talk about that a little bit. And then um, Mitch discusses some testing that he's doing for a new program, um, talks about the front squat, no back squatting, talking about the front squat primarily, um, a little bit of bench press, some, a little bit of uh, some other stuff as well. His back's feeling good. So that's good, good, uh, good to hear. And then lastly, we just kind of wrap up. Uh, I talk a little bit about some races that are coming up for me one month away from a big one, one week away from a smaller one, but that's really it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode 57. Hey, what's up, man? How we doing? Good, brother. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. It's good to be back. It's good to have another cast um, <clears throat> in the evening here. Uh, yeah. What do we got? May 12. Things are rolling quick. Things are rolling quick. Hey, man. Thermostat's getting uh, turned <laughs> up to my place. Yeah, for real. Last mm -hmm. few days, last few days have been um, insane here. Mm -hmm. we've had we've had uh you know mid 80s um all day today it was almost like not for me personally i actually i did i did run uh recently but i wasn't able to run in like the heat of the day so i, I had to run in the morning but i had i know some people who ran in like the middle of the day like for some long runs and just had some issues you know because oh. <laughs> it's been in the 40s in the past you know, for quite a while and all of a sudden, boom, 86 degrees and blazing hot. And dude, that is, that's a big issue for a lot of people going from basically zero to a hundred. Oh, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's a physiological thing, but man, if it's like 40 degrees out and then two days later, if for some reason it gets over 75, dude, I'm sweating. And it just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm just not accustomed to it. But um, yeah, it's weird. So it's definitely been hotter. And like you saying that, we're not going to go down this path maybe another day. But I was actually listening to a podcast the other day. It was, they're talking to, the guy is a, uh, it was a Jocko podcast. And he had a, I think the guy's a neuroscientist, but big in the training, like uh, like 
big. He loves, he's a big guy. I think he, uh, I don't know if he competes, but he definitely is hard in the weight room, um, big in like diet. And he was talking a lot about like thermal regulating your body. I actually wanted to bring it up to you. And he, um, he's like, he was talking about a lot of, he, he studies a lot how people can get more out of a session or in between sets. He's like, you see a lot of people that if they're starting to get hot or they're sweating. And uh, I mean, I think most of us have probably been culprit or done this, put like a wet towel on the back of your neck. And he's yeah. like that. He's like, it honestly will get you in trouble because it's your body's already, your body's already trying to um, fight. It's just, it's just going to keep your um, body temperature. It's going to raise it even more because you're just putting something cool on your neck. So it's going to try to counteract that as well. And he was talking about um, like essentially putting your hands now he, I don't know why, but putting your hands under your feet. So like the palm of your hands to your feet. So I don't know if it's like the warm on warm where your body's like, okay, now I got to cool myself down and kind of use it the same thing. Like if you're cold and you come in and you take a hot shower, um, your body's going to want to cool itself down still because the, your body's still warm. So it's like your people try to do the, the exact opposite of what's going on. It was, it was a, it was a brilliant podcast. It was awesome. And he was like talking about stress. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I wish I could remember maybe for next time I'll remember it, but he was talking about like stress and in, in the immune system and like, like how hot and cold showers can benefit your body, like coming off a stressful time. It was really cool. Um, I'll send it to you. Yeah, dude, that sounds awesome. I love that thermoregulation talk too. Yeah, dude, it would be, it's like a five-hour podcast, man. Like they get, they went in deep. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. I, I mean, I listen to that from time to time. I haven't recently, but yeah, um, yeah, I love that stuff. And um, there, you know, there's there's a lot of really cool research on, you know, thermoregulatory responses and like protective mechanisms that you can do mm-hmm. in real time to try and stay cool and avoid yeah, overheating exactly. and and um a lot of it does it's interesting you said that a lot of it does deal with extremities and mm-hmm. um you know hands and and feet because um those are the uh, what you know when your body is in an extreme environment your essential your body's essentially essentially going to preserve as much blood flow and oxygen to the core mm-hmm. as as it can as like a protective mechanism so you get less um, blood flow and oxygen delivery to your extremities. So if you can manipulate the extremities at all, you can mess with the redistribution of blood flow. And obviously that relates to temperature as well. And I, I guess what he's probably alluding to is like a way to shift temperature somehow whatever it doesn't matter that's really cool i like that stuff i like nerding out a little bit like that and i like talking about the the immune system too really interests me so i'll definitely have to check that out that's yeah i actually cool. just looked his name up his uh his name is andrew huberman okay e-r-m-a-n so yeah check him out i looked him that's up cool. a little bit, but um yeah definitely definitely cool stuff yeah that's sweet mm-hmm. well speaking of um crazy heat I know mm-hmm. you probably weren't in this world, but this past weekend was the um, Ironman World Championships. Okay. And it was in um, St. George, Utah. And it was insane. Really? I, like, 
it's hard to explain, but I watched as much as I possibly could of like an eight hour, <laughs> an eight hour endurance event, you know, this, this full Ironman triathlon just to try to get any nugget I could, you know, from watching these people swim like fish and, and put out 30 miles an hour plus and on, on the bike and run 520 miles in the last 10 K of a, of a marathon at the end of all that, like it really just blew my mind. And, you know, it blows my mind more now that I'm in the sport of triathlon. Mm-hmm. I've always known what it was and, I've, you know, I haven't always watched it, but I've always seen it and, right. you know, I've seen the times and it didn't really mean much to me, but this year, especially because this is like really my second full year in the sport, I guess, knowing what it takes in training just to get to a certain level, like my level, which is literally like no level, no level, you know, but the, the, the dedication that it takes in training to get to your own best and then to see the elite of the whole world just like smoking it it was just it was just crazy to watch it was just my jaw was on the floor i'm watching these people in the water just carve just carve through the water like unreal like literally double like twice as fast as i can swim it insane insane so fast and i'm not even a slow swimmer it's just so fast so crazy um but yeah it was it, that that event is typically held in Kona, um, and I guess because of COVID, they delayed it. Um, they delayed the um, the World Championship, and they had to push it. <laughs> I don't think they had to do this, but they were looking for a different site, like a different location. And St. George volunteered. They already had an Ironman plan, so there were like a bunch of H age group athletes at the event also alongside you know the elite athletes which is really really cool but um it turned out to be an absolutely insane course the swim was pretty standard i i think you know if if you're super into the sport correct me if i'm wrong but the swim seemed pretty standard the bike was super hilly super hilly tons of elevation change and then the run seemed to be a little bit of a rolling run um with one or two really big hills where people were like shuffling a little bit, even the pros, but, um, the heat, the heat humidity was insane. Really? Yeah. It was really, really bad. And it wasn't bad for the pros. It was really bad for the, um, the age group athletes. So just like the regular people, because they're out on the course for like an additional six hours. Yeah. And the, it just got way, way worse. And people were just dragging and, and um, quitting and um, pulling out of the race and getting, getting pulled out of the race. And it was just, it was just crazy to watch, crazy to watch. I love watching it and I love watching at the high level. And it was just a really, really cool day. Um, I don't know. We weren't really texting about it or anything, but um, that's basically my two cents. I don't know. What do you you definitely let me know about it. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know that. Um, but I mean, that's just ridiculous, man. I mean, that's, that's why they are where they are, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Man, that's crazy. Utah getting that hot already. What is it, May? Yeah, wow. it it was blistering, apparently. Now are they uh is there uh is there a run? Is it on a road? It was. Yep, it was on a road. It is, okay. Yep. I was just curious if how they did that. Yep. I'm pretty sure for those big ones they closed the they closed the uh the course off, but um none of the none of the ones I've been in have been closed courses. You just have to watch the watch for cars. Okay. But, then delay, yeah, like, it it, it didn't look what is it swim in a lake out there? I don't know what they were swimming in. Yeah, probably. I forget what they were, where they were swimming in, but um, yeah, for the most part, it's, it's a lake. There's a couple races that are like open ocean, um, which is pretty neat to see, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what body of water they were in. What did the but, first um, take? Like what was, what's the time of like a, an athlete like that? At that the, the first, the first female I say I say the first female because she came to mind first. Uh, Daniela Reef, she won in like eight thirty-five or something like that, and it was her fifth ever world championship. So that was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the guy was faster. He was seven fifty, was his first or was his was his time, and um, the first time he ever competed in a full distance Ironman was the Olympics and he got gold in that. So um apparently he's he's making a move. Pretty sure he's a Norwegian. His name's Christian Blumenfeld. And the Norwegians are like, long story short, they're they're training differently than a lot of other people. They're they're using actual blood lactate values in a lab setting to train right at and right beneath lactate threshold to get the most um, benefit out of their session. Whereas like people like you and me, we'll just kind of guess where that's at. And sometimes we're, sometimes we're too high where we're not getting great enough, a good enough return on our investment, you know? So they're the, the way that the Norwegians have been training has been, in the news and in some research lately and it's pretty neat like they're one of the first groups of one of the first teams that's training with actual physiological um data in real time like on the bike pushing out 400 watts looking at their blood lactate to see see what it is pretty neat anyway the dude the dude is a beast and and what's really cool is he's he's somewhat of a non-traditional body type um, which I love to see a lot of people were like, um, kind of like insulting him because he looked, he didn't look like a rail, like the rest of like a really tiny, thin guy. He was a little bit more muscly, you know, a little bit bigger guy. And, um, you know, it's nice to see that in my opinion. I mean, that's how <laughs> it's kind of how we both are. We both carry a little bit of extra weight and, um, value resistance training i don't know what he does but he just he looks like he does a little bit of everything that's all looks like a regular athlete not just like a an only an endurance athlete and he still smoked it it's pretty cool anyway that's yeah i just have a question too because like i'm not in the world um and just like people that are listening now what is in someone that's an average racer what's a good time for them to finish or what's an average like someone, you know, someone just getting into the sport or someone that's just, you know, that's, it's like a hobby more than a profession. Yeah. Well, first of all, 
my initial response would be um an average triathlete would like probably wouldn't finish an Ironman. Mm-hmm. So that's my first response is that um if you're finishing, you're already a little bit above average. I would say an average Ironman finish, I think, yeah, is, be- what- is between like 12 and a half and 13 and a half. Yeah, that's what that's or what maybe maybe 12 and a half and 14 and that somewhere in there, but <laughs> at- Honestly, I, I feel like I heard that somewhere. I don't have like data to support that. I'm not sure. I was 14 and a half. I, you know, for me, it didn't, it didn't really matter as my first one. I was just like ecstatic that I, that I finished. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't think the first time you, you run an Ironman as a regular athlete, I don't think you really have an expectation. Um, but you know, there is still an average time because you can calculate it. So I would guess it's around 13, somewhere in there. I'm not sure. No, yeah, I was just curious. I mean, yeah, just, 12 and a half, 13, somewhere in, in the ballpark. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's not, yeah. I'm not in that world besides yeah. I mean, talking to you. So well, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Anyways, long way around, uh, around the intro, but not really an intro. What have you been doing lately for training? Yeah, so I kind of just been messing around the last two weeks. Um, well, yeah, kind of like the last two weeks. And then I just uh, w- went on the uh, Monet, the Mountain Tactical. Um, I just took a program from them. Um, I believe it's called their Ruger program. It's uh, part of like the six, uh, like a six total, six different programs, I think. Don't quote me on that. It could be a couple of couple less or a couple more um but it's like pretty much the first one you do and it's just you work your way through um i think it's uh i can look right now um so i knew i needed to test i kind of going out i hate doing this but i try to follow any program that i pick up i try to follow it verbate like pretty much to a t yeah yeah um, but before i so it's seven weeks um so before i got it i kind of there's an overview on all their programs and um, I seen that I needed to test my front squat. So I ended up doing that the other night, which I should have just waited because it was already built into the program. So I ended up kind of nixing a couple of the first week things, which, you know, it'll all come back around. I know most of my numbers anyway. Yeah. Um, so, and I was actually, I had, had two pretty intense days the last two days. So I was kind of actually a little, little beat up today, not in a bad way, in a good way, just uh pretty stiff so I moved um I'd put my sled or push my sled around pretty good I knew it was one of them ones like I was stiff but if I moved and did some mobility I, I knew I would just loosen right up so I pushed my sled around and then I I dove into my first session today and felt good and it was a little bit of so it's all front squat I'm not going to have a barbell on my back um okay so no back squats just all front squats yeah yeah so it's all front squat I tested it the other day um I worked up to, uh, I think, 315, no belt. Um, that felt pretty good. My back and my glute held up. So then today I did. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I was happy. Um, I'm still, it's still a little a little bit uh, weird, um, but nothing crazy. So today, uh, first it was worked up to, uh, what was it? I think it was like two, hold on a sec. I actually have, I have my, my try to keep my training book up here when we do this. Um, I worked up to the 235 for four, and then it was five by four every 90 seconds at 250. 
um, which that, that caught up to me. And it was the same thing for the bench. I went right into the bench. It was, I worked up to 230 for four and then five by four every 90 seconds at 245. And I finished with the deadlift, same setup. Um, and then it was like five by five pull-ups at the end. Um, nice. Pretty much like the overall program, it's it's definitely strength related. And then a lot of, uh, it does do um, some conditioning, obviously. Um, so I know I have to test like my three mile run and then just, and uh, does, it's like a whole, it's like an overall, just like pretty much being an athlete. Um, so that'll feel good to do. So um, we'll see how I progress forward. So I'm just glad I felt, because today was the first time I deadlifted um, in a long time and uh, it wasn't anything heavy, but things held up. So I was happy yeah. with that. Nice. You got a pup in the background. Eh? I, don't, I don't know what they're going off at. I got, <laughs> yeah. I got two of them at my house right now. I don't know. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, dude, that's sweet. Yeah. I've been lifting a lot more myself, which is really fun. I had a, um, I had a down week last week and I say down week because it's a down, like, swim bike swim bike run okay week. and when that's the case i just kind of i like lifting more on those weeks so i i think i lifted five times last week which was which is great for me like i never get that frequency yeah that's so, awesome um this week was like three i think and um or two or three i may get another one in tomorrow but um yeah i, I that's been a lot of fun and i'm feeling really really strong um feeling good on the water um i had some really great riding sessions lately so back to the old uh the old um additive of you know if it's not broke don't fix it mm -hmm. um i do some of the same cycling workouts week to week every few weeks you know what i mean so um i had one come up earlier this week that i had done before it uh -huh. was it was basically five by four minutes at a hundred to like 115% of my FTP. So that's a fancy way of saying five intervals of four minutes long at really high power output for me, you know what I mean? Relative for me. So, um, and I remember doing that workout before and just absolutely failing like, not being able to hold the watts, um, quitting like in the middle of it and then trying to hold on or dropping the watts. And this week, you know, don't get me wrong. It's a hard, that's a hard session to be at a hundred or 110%, yeah. um, for 20, 20 minutes, you know, total. Um, but I, I completed it and felt very strong the whole time. Good. And it was just like, I texted my friend and I was like, dude, I'm feeling very good. Like that was a great indicator for me in terms of my bike fitness. So, and then what's I had the a in between there. What's that? What's the rest in between the sets? Uh, two minutes. And, um, yeah, I know it comes around fast and that's mm -hmm. not the whole workout. It was like a 90 minute workout. So just like long warm up, a couple, couple bursts. And then, um, that's the main working set. So, Anyway, um, that one came back around and I actually didn't know it was coming back around until um, like the night before I looked at it and I was like, oh, well, we'll see how this goes. Um, but yeah, I was feeling good and, and it went really well. Good. Some sim some similar stuff on um, 
some runs lately. So, dude, I haven't been wearing my Garmin watch at all, like at all. It's been like damaging my the backs of my wrists. You can see that a little bit. I don't know yeah. if I can get that in there. Yeah, right there. It's been damaging the back of my wrists a little bit because the heart rate sensor on the back is like scratched. Mm. So I literally haven't worn it in like two weeks, which feels really strange. I have a Timex I just wear throughout the day. So I still wear a watch, but, um, you know, I'm not relying on it in training, which is really cool. It feels really weird, but, um, it's been, it's been like different and like freeing somewhat. It's really strange. But anyway, um, so I haven't been, whoops, I haven't been wearing it. And, um, in that time I've had some really good runs. So, I don't know exactly how far I'm running when I, you know, run without a watch because it doesn't have, I don't know the GPS, but for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty close to like guessing landmarks on some typical runs that I go on. Um, and I know that I've been running really, really strong and I feel really good. So, um, I actually, actually dude, today is ex- one month. Exactly. Is Eagle man 70.3 and a week uh not this weekend but next weekend is my first race of the season i guess i had a a road running race earlier this year but um my first triathlon is olympic on saturday or sunday next week i think it's sunday so i'm looking forward to that the water is going to be freezing i was gonna get in an open swim an open water swim on monday but I ended up not being um, this coming Monday. I forgot that I'm busy. So the first time I'm going to be in open water is for the race where I have to swim a mile. So um, I don't really have an issue with that. It's going to be freezing. That's the only issue, but um, yeah, I'm freaking excited. I'm ready to, I kind of need like a little bit of reinforcement, you know, like, with this sport, you just like, you just train nonstop. You do some of the same workouts over and over, you know, go run for 90 minutes. You know, sometimes it just gets a little bit boring. It's not going to keep me from doing it at all. Like I, I know what, I know the benefit of doing longer stuff that might feel boring as you're doing it. Like I know the benefit, um, but I'm, I'm just, if you get hungry for the competition that's, that's what i'm saying yeah i'm like i'm ready to see see it pay off a little bit you know and yeah. the the olympic is quick enough that i'm literally just gonna gas it i'm just i'm just gonna go as hard as i can the whole time on everything and and why not because it's a mile swim that should take me 20 minutes i hope hopefully 20 minutes low 20s you know, like I said, I'm not a slow swimmer, but I'm not the best swimmer, like 20 minutes, 22 minutes, whatever. And the bike is 25 miles. Um, so that's a little bit over an hour. And then um, it's a 10K and I'm just going to completely foot on the gas the whole time and just see what happens. Um, because it's that's those are all easy distances and, and I'm, I'm just... I'm feeling really good. So I'm just going to see what my capacity is and make some mistakes maybe, and just go from there and re and readdress uh, those issues for the bigger, more important races. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but um what else is going on anything else you want to chat about we're kind of we're kind of there yeah i think uh, i think we're at a good stopping point for this one um yeah definitely want to look into this uh neuroscientist a little bit more and talk and talk about him in the future because he also talked a lot about like sleep and he dove into the sleep world a little bit um it's that i'm i'm laughing because it's all the topics that this you said this guy's talking about it's literally off the syllabus of my ex-phys class yeah. it literally sounds exactly like the stuff i was talking about this semester it's crazy i was kind of like dying to talk tell you about it um honestly after listening to it well so it was cool they would start off very basic and then it would get super scientific and yeah then they, would, they were able to bring it back to the basics which i liked because by the end of it in my head i didn't listen to the whole five hours yet yeah yeah um, but it, it's some cool stuff and some of it's super basic yeah. um and uh, it's just a lot of recovery stuff pretty much I like, I like the basic stuff a lot. Like I obviously like some, some specific topics that go super in depth into scientific evidence and research based yeah. evidence, stuff like that. But um, I like when that information is presented in a way that anyone can, can hear it, see it, read it, and then get value from it. I think exactly. that's really, really important. And um, I like, I almost, I would say I like that presentation of information a little bit better than the, the super micro level of things. Although that's really important too. Yeah, and, I think you know, I'm, I'm in that world a little bit. So, you know, I value that as well, but yeah, that's really cool. I'm going to look into him as well and definitely going to listen to that podcast in the weight room or something tomorrow. Cool. Um, but yeah, that uh, we'll wrap, we'll wrap this one up. This was episode 57 Pill yeah. pursuit podcast. Um, if you're looking for ways to reach out to us, find us on social, um, at Hill Pursuit, Facebook, Instagram, check out the rest of our YouTube videos. We just kind of started up that channel. We'll try to try to create some videos and post some stuff regularly, at least weekly. You'll have the podcast episodes now, uh, from time to time, maybe some training videos and just some small things here and there. So be sure you like, and subscribe to all that stuff. And if, if you'd like to check out the website, hillpursuit.com, please do. You can check out the blog and any and every episode of previous podcast episodes listed there for you. And lastly, if you want to have a conversation, please reach out to us, hillpursuit at gmail.com. We would love to chat with you, answer questions, help you out however we can. Uh, that's all we got this time. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time.